This is The Playbook. Here's a great question. And a lot of people don't consider this, uh, and I do. Uh, How can you get more people to call you back? Um, I love this question because it's the most ignored way to be successful. Uh, Over 80-some percent of the calls you make, the DMs you put out, the emails you send, don't get returned. So without improving your skills, without improving your knowledge or your desire, the easiest, fastest, most statistically successful way to create more revenue, to help more people and have more fun is to get people to call you back. So if you are creating X in your life and less than 10% of the people are getting back to you or less than 20% of the people are getting back to you, imagine if you can increase that 10% or 20%. If instead of for every 10 people you reach out for, one person reaches back, imagine if you can get it to two. Without increasing your skills, your knowledge, your desire, you will do double X, double the amount of money, double the amount of people, double the amount of fun. And so many people go outside of the math, outside of the statistics, instead of focusing in on getting people to get back to us in person, on the phone, via email, and media, social and traditional media, I will teach you how to get people to call you back. Now, the one rule of getting people to call you back that's different than the entire sales cycle is that you don't sell. There's no selling on the phone. There's no selling on an email. There's no selling on a DM. There's no selling in traditional or social. It is simply stimulating interest for one purpose, to get someone to call, email, or DM you back or whatever it may be. So when we change our focus to just stimulating interest to the purpose of calling us back, instead of trying to educate, sell, oversell, back and sell, lie, manipulating cheap people, which the energy is just going to allow those to get back to us that are susceptible to that type of frequency. Instead, if all you do is generate someone to call you back by knowing how to have credibility and emotional attachment on a message, you will statistically increase X exponentially by focusing and practicing on getting people to call you back. I know the secret of getting people to call me back is to provide value to them. So if I'm calling a company, I'm calling them and saying, hey, I'm interested in buying X. I'm interested in what you're doing. Call me back. Now, some people say, well, what what, what do you mean you're interested in buying what they have? Look, I am interested in buying everything that anybody has. It's just a matter of price. And so Obviously, if I can create a margin by buying low and selling high, regardless of what you're doing, I'm interested. And two, if they don't sell a product, service, or solution that in some way I can create a margin for, I'm simply interested in what you do. What are you doing today? What do you like about it? What don't you like it? Why? Because if I can get you to call me back and tell me what you're doing today, what you like about it, what you don't like about it, I can provide value. What do you mean? I mean, I can provide value to anyone that I know that about what they like or don't like, because if I give them more of what they like, it's valuable. And if I can solve something that they don't like, it's valuable. But none of it happens if they don't call you back and over 80% of the calls, emails, texts, and media that you send out, requests that you send out over 80%, and that's conservative, 
don't get back to you. Imagine if you can double it, triple it, or quadruple it without increasing or without improving your skills, your knowledge, and desire. Just simply by math, more people getting back to you, you will double X, whether that's people, whether that's revenue, or whether that's fun. So get people to call you back. Practice getting people to call you back by asking them what they're doing, tell them you're interested in them, be more interested than interesting, get them to call you back, find out what they like and what they don't like and add value by giving them more of what they like or solving what they don't like. What a great way to start off, Jake. I'm sure we're getting people lined up. I got so many questions on every single platform. Who's up and what question do we have? Perfect. Yeah, Dave, you just said be more interested than interesting. So with that in mind, let's bring up some more questions here. Let's start with Khalil. Khalil Sullivan, welcome to the clubhouse. If you can unmute yourself and feel free to ask David your question. Welcome. Oh, good morning. Um, uh, how are you today? I don't have a question, but I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, anything you're curious about or any topic you want me to discuss real quick? Yes. Um, yeah, man, I've been, I've been on this journey of, uh, you know, self-exploration and, and, you know, trying to form who I am in business and connect, making connections. And I've been reaching out to so many different people and just staying super busy. Um, let me say like, hmm. Let me help you there. Just stop yeah. there. I'll help you right thank there. Look, you. so many people are trying to figure out who they are. And I always say, don't worry about who you are. You are. What you should worry about is what you want in a trajectory of what you think you want. Giving meaning to the past in that trajectory. What do I mean by that? If you know every day, what do I want today in a trajectory of what I think I want in the future? What do I want personally? What do I want experientially? What do I want giving wise? What do I want receiving wise? Then deal with the who issue. And the who issue is not who am I? Because I am. The issue is who sits in a situation that I want to be in that I can help or that can help me with what I want today in the trajectory of what I want in the future. And if I can figure out the what in the who, the how becomes instantaneous in the respect or the reconciliation of time today, because I know that today is limited by 24 hours. And if I give the meaning of all the infinite past to my today by knowing what's important to me, who can I help and who can help me and how best to get that done, utilizing the 24 hours as a gift, not as a limitation or resistance, not attaching my emotions to an outcome, creating more of a void shortage and obstacle to what I want, then I am capable of prioritizing my day with the activities I have planned, the activities I don't have planned, and even my sleep, activities I get paid for, and the activities I don't get paid for, which leads to the answer, I am. Because I now, instead of in search of who I am, I realize through knowing what's important to me, what's valuable to me, who I can help, who can help me, and how to best to get it done. When I prioritize my day by what's important to me, I know I am. I am happy, healthy, wealthy, and worthy. I am the activities that I participate in and the perceptions that come with that. I am. What am I doing to interfere with who I am is the bigger question. You know who you are because you are connected to and through the greatest source, Khalil. You are a resource. And in order to be the greatest resource, you need to clear the interference between you and your source, the spiritual, religious, theoretical, philosophical source that we all believe is greater than us and that loves us more than our moms. 
We need to focus in our what, our who, our how, and know our now, and then we will realize I am, and only worry about what's interfering with I am. You know who you are. Let's work within the context of today in a trajectory of what we want in the future and look at the activities of what's important to us, prioritize accordingly. And this void, this disease, interference that is so prevalent in so many people wondering who they are, what they're supposed to do or where their why is, all get dissolved, disappear and dissipate from our lives because I am. I am that I am. I am happy, healthy, wealthy, and worthy. What am I doing to interfere with who I am is the bigger question. I love that. You didn't even know you had a great question for me, Khalil, but thank you so much for speaking up and showing up. We're here at the Breakfast of Champions. Jake, where are we taking our next question from? Thank you, Khalil. Let's take our next question here from Clubhouse also, Dave. Let's bring up Chris. Chris, if you can please unmute yourself and welcome to the Clubhouse. Jake, thank you so much. David, what a pleasure and an honor. I, you know, I've been listening to you and following you, and I just want to say this before my question. That gratitude thing that you have us do changed my life, and it continues to change my life in the greatest way every day. My question is, and I know you've spoke on this before, but sometimes you talk about having access to a mentor, but that mentor having access to other mentors you have a word for that, a term for that. Can you tell me that again and kind of break down why that's so important? Yeah. So, you know, we look for a community uh, of power sponsors and power and sponsors. Um, and so uh, a, a sponsor is someone that knows someone that can help you. And a power sponsor is someone that can help you and knows someone that can help you. And so what we want to do is create this community of empowered people that allow us to have exponential knowledge. And so... Uh, when we look for a mentor, I'm very specific about mentorship. I believe everyone should have a minimum, minimum. I talk in minimums all the time because the universe is abundant and infinite. And if we talk about minimums, we're not limiting ourselves, even with outrageous and audacious objectives like empowering over a billion people to be happy by finding a thousand people to empower a thousand people, to empower a thousand people. But when we specifically look for mentorship, what we want to look for is people who sit in a situation that we want to be in and has perhaps spheres of influence that we want to be in as well. I talk a lot about your frequency is your neighborhood. And that frequency allows us to surround ourselves with these spheres of influence beyond the situation or knowledge, which is the fastest way to get to where we want to be. The other aspect of asking for help is helping others. So when we were talking about previously to Khalil, knowing our who, the reason we want to know our who, who can we help and who can help us, is that that creates not only acceleration, but statistical success. What do I mean by that? When we find someone, a mentor, that sits in a situation that we want to be in, whether it be nutrition or mindset, heart set, taxes, whatever it may be, I have a sleep coach that's my most valuable uh, who in my uh, category or spheres of influence to teach me how to recover every single day and to access the information that I can utilize in the trajectory of what I think I want. But the who is so important because the fastest way to get to where you want to be is mentorship. Find someone who sits in a situation that you want to be in. But the thing that comes along with mentorship is we ourselves become a mentor of the mentor, meaning that we ourselves can at the same time simultaneously teach other people what we're learning 
open up the spheres of influence, welcome people into our neighborhood, our frequency, an elevated vibration, knowing that we can only be aware that which vibrates equal to or less than us. And if we're consistently pursuing our potential, a higher vibration, a higher self, a higher frequency, we can raise the awareness, not just of self, but of the entire community or the spheres of influence, the sponsors and the power sponsors in our community. And what I suggest people realize is that not only is it important to have mentorship, but it's equally important to help other people get to where they want to be utilizing the mentorship that we have. And when we do so, two things occur. Not only do we receive the acceleration of mentorship, someone who sits in a situation or is where we want to be and can give us directions there, which is the fastest way that we can get there. But even more importantly, when we help other people get to where they want to be, we increase our statistical success because they then know other people that can help us as well. And now we're starting to aggregate, compound the vibration or frequency, the spheres of influence, the sponsorship and power sponsorship, more people who want to help one another and more people who know people who can help one another, creating an aggregate of acceleration and statistical success. So these spheres of influence, these aggregated sponsors and power sponsors allow us to elevate a frequency and awareness to a trajectory of where we want to be, not just individually of what's important to us, but now collectively as a collective consciousness, which exponentially has more acceleration and statistical success than us individually utilizing a journey of understanding and awareness. Uh, I, this is critical to uh, what I believe will help everyone with the abundance that is already there, to live in a world where they can make more money, help more people and have more fun. Thank you so much. What a great question. Uh, I will be pitching community and the middle class uh, of content and creation of content because too many people are trying to get to a, a level uh, without playing in the minor leagues first and they don't know the value of the middle class of content creation. A community of 100 is a powerful thing. And, you know, don't scoff at only 100 people are watching you. Don't scoff at only 100 people are, are listening for you. Don't scoff at it. 100 turns to 2, 2 turns to 4, 4 turns to 8, 1,600, 3,200. And pretty soon you have millions of people that are in a shared neighborhood of frequency to do good and do well. Uh, wow. What a great start to the day, Jake. What do you think as a young Michigan Wolverine? Incredible start to the, to the day. <clears throat> great question so far by the community. And hopefully we got some Wolverine fans in the audience as well. <laughs> Not all Buckeyes, I guess. Uh, where do you want me to take the next question from? Dave, take a, uh, take a question from Zoom. And then I got a question on TikTok. I know there's a lot of people on Clubhouse too, but if you want to take a question from Zoom and then we'll do TikTok and then back on Clubhouse, if that works with you. Yeah, sure. Um, why is discoverability so important and what can we do to improve it? You know, I've been on a journey in understanding and evolutional uh, awareness of the different laws of the universe. I start with the law of gravity. The law of gravity is so important because so many people skip the step of saying, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. I'm at the right place at the perfect time, and I'm going to put my attention, my attention and focus, and my intention of what I do today, say today, think today, believe today, and feel today in a trajectory of what I think I want tomorrow. Not afraid of being a hypocrite and learning fast and changing my mind, but the law of gravity 
will put us into a position to be discoverable and to discover what we want in order to accelerate the trajectory of what we think we want. Then there's the law of Goya, which is aligned and coincides with attention and intention. And the law of Goya says, hey man, you cannot sit at home on your couch, high, broke, sick, dreaming about what you want. You gotta go get it. You gotta get off your ass, G-O-Y-A. You gotta get off your ass and do, say, think and believe and feel everything that you can with the skills, the knowledge, and the desire to improve upon and exponentially aggregate the skills, the knowledge, and desire in the trajectory of where you think you want to be so that you can be discovered and you discover those that can accelerate that pursuit of your potential, what's important to you, not what's important to other people, not what's missing, not what you don't have. And then came the more difficult evolutionary understanding of discoverability, which is the law of attraction or allowance. And it was very difficult to understand how, if everything exists, was I attracting it to me or allowing it to come to me because it seems counterintuitive or in conflict with this idea of the law of gravity and the law of Goya to allow things or attract them. And then I understood that in the context of the participation of my perception of abundance, of understanding infinite, of more than enough of everything for everyone, that if it was truly a source and I was truly a resource and I was truly an infinite amount of everything, more than enough of everything for everyone, then how can I be discovered by what I want and coincide with it and how can others discover me so I can coincide with their skills, knowledge, and desire to create more abundance, not living in a zero-sum world where if I give, someone loses, if I win, someone loses, but instead a world of discoverability where everything exists and there's no zero-sum, there's no trades negotiations or losers or winners, it's just simply what? value add world where everything's growing accelerating and expanding and into infinite plus one and when we are accelerating growing and expanding we understand the value add discoverability is so important because it's the reconciliation of the law of gravity the law of goya and the law of attraction it is the foundational principle that everything already exists, that there is something, a source greater than me, an omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing, infinite source that loves me more than my mom. I just have to discover where that which I want is, and I need to allow myself to be discovered by that which coincides with my trajectory as well. If we look at things in terms of discoverability no longer is it even possible to be punished it is only probable to be promoted and protected because everything already exists and we don't know what we don't know so we need to live in radical humility so that we can discover what's best for us a better situation a better position a better relationship a better employment situation whatever it may be today that we are utilizing the laws of gravity, Goya, and allowance and attraction to be discovered and discover all that can accelerate us in the trajectory of what we think we want by knowing the what, the who, the how, the now, and applying our why. Discoverability is so important. And in order to improve upon it, 
we have to number one, and you could email me for these things, but having a gratitude practice allows us to be gratitude, uh, 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 to practice discoverability and then apply the gratitude practice, which I'm happy to send to everyone with the five daily practices and the trajectory of what I think I want that allows us to give the meaning of the past to the present in a trajectory of the future. Know your what, your who, your how, your now, and your why. Learn the five daily practices, work them, grow, understand, allow the layers of this unbelievable onion to peel away and allow you to be discovered and allow you to discover what you want in that trajectory that's important to you. Now what's important to other people, such a difficult time we live in where everyone's so concerned about counting other people's money. We live in a time where everybody's so concerned about comparison, which is the thief of joy. We live in a time where so many people are more concerned about creating interference between them and their source, diminishing their capacity as a resource. Instead, think about discoverability in the context of gratitude and the five daily practices, which I'm happy to send to everyone. The books, the guides, the exercises that I have are always free. If it's free, it's we. All you have to do, like these trainings, is email me, david at dmelcher.com. We have over 74,000 people registered for training on the webinar today. I don't know how many on TikTok, Instagram, and Clubhouse. But it's amazing because it started with two people 23 years ago in an office that I said I would help and train on Fridays. And now it's grown over 23 years, not an overnight success in any realm, to be discovered by so many and allow me to discover so much in the trajectory of my, of my beliefs, of my actions, words, and thoughts. I am in a trajectory of what I think I want, which is to empower over a billion people to be happy, to create a collective consciousness of happiness, to allow one little particle of light to overcome a million particles of darkness, to teach every day by pouring into that community of sponsors and power sponsors. And I want to thank everyone here. Please reach out to me. I would love to share these exercises, guides, and books that I have that allow you to expand, grow, and accelerate the way that I have over these 23 years by knowing what I want, who I can help, who can help me, how best to get it done, learning how to prioritize and maximize my day to apply my why, because I am happy, healthy, wealthy, and worthy, and I have figured out to a point where I only spend minutes and moments outside of that trajectory. They sure do. We've got Nick who just joined. Nick Cavuto, welcome to the clubhouse. What is going on, Nick? Do you want to come in here? And- hey, guys. What's up? <laughs> What's going on? I love this guy. What's up, Nick? Hey, man. How's it going? You guys are, uh, this is incredible, man. Thanks for sharing. This is just amazing. I love it. Well, you're on my frequency. This man's in my neighborhood. If you haven't checked out Nick Cavuto, he is a soulful, a soulful practitioner. And uh, he's reconciling the world of materialization and monetization with a higher level of thinking, a lot higher level of heart set, utilizing a, a pragmatic handset. So anyway, Nick, I'm always curious, what are you listening for? Well, you know, right now, I think that it's all about, you know, perspective. And um, when it comes down to, I think what a lot of people are viewing as hearing the word recession, I just think of it, it's like a spell. I don't know, I don't know how else to describe it. And, you know, sure, there may be quantitative measures where people can look at and say, oh, here's the balance of things going up and down. 
But at the end of the day, I think the recession happens in our mind and in our spirit. And when we lose onto the, what you talk about, the currency of faith, and when we stop believing that we can turn doubt and, and, and create it into possibility, I think that's where truly um, our greatest experience as individuals begins to shrink. And that's a place of where then we have life lessons and opportunities to learn things differently, to, to view the world in a more prosperous and probable place. So, um, you know, that's what I'm seeing right now. I'm listening for, you know, truly where uh, the heart set is for people, you know, and I think that the constriction happens universally. So it's a constriction of their hands, of their heart, of their mind, of their spirit, of their belief in what's possible. And um, I heard the great Mike Tyson say it one time, man, he said, all you got to do is believe. <laughs> and it's funny, you know, you, you think about somebody like that, who's just a, you know, an incredible athlete, but somebody who at the end of the day just has so much chutzpah, man, he just got it. And, and, and I think, I don't know, I look at his story, man, and I'm just like, wow, if belief is the ultimate equation, then, you know, I believe, but help my unbelief, hey? Yeah, well, let me, let me help everybody out. Let me change the vernacular vocabulary because that belief uh, has one level of intention even higher than it. See, the levels of intention go from what we do as a pragmatic activity to what we say at a higher vibration or frequency to what we think at even a higher vibration or frequency to what we believe, which is the truth of our thoughts, which leads to what we feel. And when we feel something, it's a confirmation of attention and intention. And Mike Tyson not only believes, but he feels it. And he's confident, intellectual, intuitive. He's inspired. So the word recession is an interfering word to what we think, say, do, believe, and feel. Every time that we say the word recession, it's the same as saying the word hate. It's an interfering word full of fear. So let me change the vocabulary and vernacular to align with the trajectory that you think you want to be on and what you think you want to be or become. The word that I'm going to give you to replace recession is indication. You see, we are in a period of indication and that pain, setbacks, fears, mistakes are all indications that we have a better place to be, a better position to be in the same way that the pandemic was an indication that we had a better place, a better position, or a better situation to be. And that's why so many millionaires are made during what other people would determine as a recession and I determine as an indication. And we are in a great indication right now. We are in a great indication of promotion and protection of source. We are in a great indication that we need to pay attention to raise our awareness to our potential, to find and identify and to utilize fear as an indicator to get to a better place, a better position, utilize an identified fear to get us up, get us back up, and most importantly, get us out of our own way. To remind, remember, and recollect what we're connected to and through, not only each other, but a great source of omniscient, all-powerful, and all-knowing source that loves us so much that it would only utilize pain, setbacks, and failures to indicate we got to change our direction to a better place, a better position, or a better situation. To surround ourselves with the right people and the right ideas, the right activities, the actions, the words, the thought, the beliefs that will allow the feeling of intellect, intuition, and inspiration to guide us in applying our why to that trajectory of where we think we want to be, and yet raising the awareness and the frequency of the indication 
that we have a better place, a better position, or a better situation than to be in. See, if we can identify the fear of what we do, say, think, believe, and fear, if we can identify it, then we can utilize it. We can utilize it because fear will get us up, get us started, and get us back started, and get us back up. But it most importantly gets us out of our own way because when we identify it, there is no need to resist it to go over and under it or through it or around it. There's no need to outlogic it or analyze it. There's no need to deny it. Simply stop and breathe. Breathe and put yourself out of dis-ease into ease and remind and remember and recollect to the great source to be a resource to drop down to center, to neutral, to your higher self and roll. Roll in the right trajectory, knowing that this indication puts your mind, your body, and soul on fire purposefully to create the passion and the projection. The mind, the body, and soul are on fire. And everybody knows when you're on fire, you got to stop. You have to drop and you have to roll. Roll into the trajectory of what you think you want. Give the meaning of the past snapshots, inflection points, defining moments to utilize today in a trajectory of what you think you want. Roll into what you want, not what other people want, not what's missing, not what they don't have. Don't roll into a recession. Roll into an indication of a better place, a better position, or a better situation by knowing what you want personally, experientially, giving and receiving wise, who you can help, who can help you, and how best to get it done today with productivity, accessibility, and most importantly, gratitude in your mind. To utilize the activities we have planned, we don't have planned and sleep, the activities we get paid for, the activities we don't get paid for, to prioritize each and every day as an indication to move to a better place, a better position, situation by utilizing humility. Humility to say, I don't know what I don't know. I don't know what I don't know. And when I prioritize from a position of humility, if I do know what's important to me and a trajectory of what I think I want, not projecting that I know what I don't know in ignorant arrogance, but ignorant humility to apply our why, not just to us, to apply our why from source, through source, to source, an infinite, all-powerful, all-knowing being that loves you more than your own mom. Nick, there is no recession. There's just an indication. And the indication is all protection and promotion. The indication is to find a higher self and to create a collective consciousness of people, a frequency of people, a neighborhood of people that are pursuing their potential to do well and to do good, to make a lot of money, my friend, to help a lot of people and to have a lot of fun. Nick Cavuto, people, you need to follow him. He is a great reconciler. He understands the coincidences of the universe by utilizing the mind, the body, the soul, the mindset, the heart set, and the hand set in order to effectuate abundance. Thank you, my friend, for joining me. I appreciate you.